The great thing about property management is that each office is truly unique and individual. And so depending on what your needs are, we can find a, a really tailored approach to find what's best and what works the most efficiently for you and your team. The best prop tech strategy is really the one that you're gonna use. I want to officially kick off and welcome all of you. Today is a special TWLX bonus session. So um, our TWLX event is coming up May 16th. Um, you can register for that now. I will drop the link in the chat, but this is a, a bonus session for that. It will be released with our, our TWLX content. And today is all about the modern property management tech stack. And we are going to be talking about expert strategies and insights for building a winning tech stack. So without further ado, I'm gonna bring up our moderator for the next hour. We have invited a special guest to celebrity moderate today. He's gonna to introduce himself a little bit, but Sam is a learner, he's curious. He's an engineer um, with, by background. He has a, a learning mind and he always asks phenomenal questions as a property manager. So we thought who better, who better than to, um, to ask great questions and get, get the best information and share some great information for his own best practices. So Sam, without further ado, you can unmute yourself and uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. And maybe you can tell us about your tech stack too, if you don't mind. Yeah. Thanks Laura Mack. And I'm not sure I'm a celebrity, but uh, thanks for boosting my ego anyway. So, um, yeah, so I'm Sam. Uh, my favorite tech stack, which I don't think I saw, uh, Lead Simple. That's mine. Sorry, hands down, Lead Simple is my, uh, my favorite. But uh, yeah, so been doing property management for about five years. Uh, have a process mindset because of my years as an engineer. And so I've delved right into tech stacks. And um, if you want to hear my full tech stack, it's Appfolio, Lead Simple, Property Meld. Rent Check, Tenant Turner, Abodia, probably missing some additional ones. So I have quite a few that I use for all different reasons. Um, but, uh, you know, everyone has different reasons to, uh, to to kind of best support what they're trying to do. So that's that's about me. I don't really want to speak much about me because we have a fantastic uh, people that we can ask questions to, Kelly and Rihanna, who help people uh, like all of you property managers to implement tech stacks. They're consultants that are doing great work in this industry. Um, and I want to give them an opportunity to, to share about tech stacks and things like that as well. So Kelly, Rihanna, go ahead. Kelly, I'll let you introduce yourself. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I am Kelly Segreto from K Segreto Consulting. I have been in the industry about 20 years, 20 plus years now, which dates me a little bit. But I have a property management uh, business consulting uh, with an emphasis on prop tech. So I really leverage technology in offices to help really automate, optimize, make as many efficiencies as possible in the offices that I work with. Um, favorite tech stack, that just varies way too much. It really depends on the individual needs. The great thing about property management is that each office is truly unique and individual. And so depending on what your needs are, we can find a, a really tailored approach to find what's best and what works the most efficiently for you and your team. The best prop tech strategy is really the one that you're going to use. And I am Rihanna Campbell. I have been in real estate for almost 20 years, mostly in property management, built and sold my own property management company um, valued at almost $5 million um, in about 2018. Um, I was very tech heavy, forward thinking, um, and loved using different technology um, in everything that we did. And that is one thing that I do focus on as a fractional integrator for a number of property management clients in the industry. Um, in addition to that, I also do coaching and I help people really solve some of their problems, both on the tech implementation side of things, but mostly on the operations and human resource side of things. Thanks, guys. So as you guys can hear, like I'm not the celebrity. These are the celebrities. So I like to keep it informal. If you have any questions that you specifically would love to answer, uh, please put it in the chat. 
Laura Mack will uh, find you and we'll bring you up to ask those questions to Rihanna and Kelly. So without further ado, uh, Kelly, Rihanna, um, one of you guys can answer this one. Why should PM companies even care about updating their technology stack? Why not continue to be in the antiquated systems with pen and paper, folders, beepers, cell phones, uh, fax machines? Why should people try to update and come with the times? I love um, this question because I, when I started in property management, we were on triplicates and uh, paper and files, and I carried a pager, which if you're still doing that, guys, it's time to update. Um Efficiency, really, when it comes down to it, you're trying to run a business that is as efficient and as dedicated to their customer service. If you can get the rest of your, your automation and your tech stack working for you to where you can really focus on your end user, on your owner, and on your resident experiences, that then allows you to really elevate your business and be competitive in a new way in the industry. And it's not only going to be uh, helpful for your business, but required as this industry continues to accelerate and continues to change. To add to that, um, if you guys have heard me talk about stress management in the property management industry, then you know that stress is serious. We have so much on our plates um, and there are so many different ways that we can make things easier and more efficient for ourselves. Um, if you guys have heard my story, I've talked about how I used to get sick after tax season processing 1099s by hand. Now you just push a button and 1099s are done for hundreds of units at the same time. I don't think there's any reason that we should be doing anything manually or by paper anymore. There are just so many advances in technology to make things easier for ourselves. So I think it's time for us to fully embrace tech as much as possible. Yeah. What I want to just add to that, for me also as a PM, the benefit is, is multifaceted in the, in the spirit of this presentation, the triple win podcast. Um, it really is a triple win to do technology. It can help us as the property management company. And if we do it well and we leverage the technology well, we can give better experiences to the residents as well as to the owners. And so that's one other thing that I want to highlight is, is, is when you have that mindset of using technology everyone can win. So that's just one other thing that I want to do. So Rihanna, the next question I want to ask you is, uh, tell us a story about a recent implementation of a tech stack and how it completely changed a company. Yeah. So I am working with a client right now. We are moving um, into Lead Simple, um, which is a great software, as you know, and it is um, so awesome the way that that software now integrates with Appfolio, just makes everything so much more streamlined. Um, that process has been amazing. Um, but one of the things I do want to um, just kind of bring up during that process that I wanted the client to think about, and I want you all to think about as well, is again, kind of going back to that triple win mentality, is this is not just for our benefit. This is not just to make our lives easier and our jobs easier. It's to really be able to reposition our time so that we're focused on value creation. Um, and that value... <clears throat> comes in the form of increased communication to our clients. Um, and that is so key. That is so important as we move things forward. So, you know, we're not trying to make things more difficult for um, our residents or our clients. We're trying to make things easier for them. Um, and a lot of people like technology because it's user-friendly. So think about the user-friendliness on the client side. Think about how it affects the resident. Think about the communications that you're sending out. Um, one of the things that we had to do after we did the building portion of the Lead Simple workflows is go back and take a look at all of the email templates that we had created to ensure that they are clear, concise, um, and they weren't too word heavy, because I know that that can be really challenging. And then also taking the opportunity to improve the way that we do things like adding video content, which is, I know, new for some people, um, but so simple and easy to consolidate something into a quick three minute video versus writing it out all in email. So just finding ways that we can enhance the way that we're providing services to our clients and our residents while also making things easier for ourselves. Sounds great. Thank you. Kelly, would you want to share anything about that, a recent implementation that you had that uh, possibly changed a company or something else that you want to share? And mine's a little bit more extreme. I had a office recently that we took from all paper files 
and paper file cabinets to completely paperless system. And they moved into a property management software um, to watch the transformation of what happens when a business takes everything from a very paper, paper world into a digital world. It's transformational for that business. It's transformational for the clients that they're servicing to have a portal. It's those little things that we take for granted that we've had in the industry for a while that are world-changing for someone who hasn't made that step yet. And it's scary and it can be expensive and it can be overwhelming, but whether you're taking a step into a new technology of a property management software, or maybe it's a showing software or task management or pet screening, whatever that piece might be that you're adding to your business, it can be transformational if you can get past that, um, the busy work, the, the setup, that cumbersome kind of section that you go through. Uh, but to watch this client kind of go from that stress of what am I missing because it's on paper somewhere in here to having alerts and notifications and interaction through chat in a, in a, the owner portal and the tenant portal. It's just, it's transformational for their business. And it's so exciting to see our, our industry continue to take those advances and those steps forward. Yeah, that, that really resonated with me. I know that I had that exact thing happen when I started the company, it was all in my brain and I was always anxious. I was missing something. And so developing those systems in place so that you can know that it's there just gives you so much stress relief. So thank you for that. So, you know, when we're, when we're actually considering doing tech stacks, what are the considerations that you guys would say that um, a PM company should have to make sure that they're coming up with the right decision? Because we all know that picking a tech stack that ends up being the wrong tech stack, not only is it lost time, lost money, but it also loses in your, in your company, the, the, the concept of, oh, it's another, it's another technology. So uh, what are the considerations PM should have to consider what technology stack is right for them? Let's start with Kelly on this one. Um, what I like to do is normally start with your issues list. Where are your biggest pain points? Because a lot of times what I see is that a, a property manager will go to a convention and they will meet with a lot of different vendors and they'll come home with five new things that they want to implement tomorrow. And what you really have to do is you have to dive into your issues list, realize what your biggest need is first and choose the technology that matches that need. Um, crowdsource, talk to your fellow PMs, join into mastermind groups, attend these triple win live events, um, network on Facebook, talk to other people, find out what's working for them, what's not working for them and do your homework because when you go down the road of implementing a new piece of tech, there's a lot of time and there's a lot of money and there's a lot of effort that goes into that. You wanna make sure that you made the right decision. And so having people who can guide and lead that decision is gonna be really helpful for you and your business and, and making sure that you understand how those technologies play with your existing technologies and the other things that you want to be able to implement. Things like integrations, you know, Lead Simple just announced their um, automation, their autopilot mode that's going to work with these certain property management softwares that they are truly have true integrations with. So understanding how those different technologies are going to integrate with your current platforms that you're using or what APIs are available to you. Uh, before you make a step into a new technology, you really have to step back and see what are my biggest issues? Am I solving those biggest issues? And how is it going to play well with the other things that we currently have implemented in our business? Yeah, I so agree with the issues list. Um, one of the things that I usually like doing when I first work with a client is um, I talk to every single employee and find out what their biggest challenges are. Um, I love to hear directly from the people who are working face-to-face -face with residents and clients and find out what some of their challenges are in the way that they do things on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and then from there, you can really pull out some of the commonalities that everyone seems to be having and then really talking to a lot of the different 
tech providers to find out, um, you know, how they can help you solve that problem. Um, I think one of the the experiments that I did um, a couple years ago was I did demos with a bunch of the new property management softwares. And the demos are great, but they love to show you all their new features and all the bells and whistles, and they may not be relevant to what you need. Um, At the end of the day, you really need to be able to solve your problems. And so being able to understand what your current software or current situation is not providing you um, and some of the challenges that you're having and then going to that say, you know, property management software and say, these are a list of my challenges. Can you walk me through how this software can help me solve these problems? And that's a more direct approach versus being sold to on all the features that you may not even use. And what I've noticed is most people don't use their software fully. And so some of those bells and whistles that they show you, you may not even use. And so really being clear on the things that you do need um, and understanding what that is so that you can ask those questions up front and then get the answers that you need. Yeah, I would just add to that. Um, there is a lot of, of property management operators that I've seen that have technologies in place that have the capability to do the functionality that they need, but they're just not aware of it. So make sure you look at what you're using first and make sure you're using it to its fullest extent and not adding on a new technology because it's the newest, greatest thing that somebody told you about. Do your homework. Great. Yeah. So what I want to follow up with that, we'll start with Rihanna on this one. Um, So you talk about issues list and things like that. And it's, that's more about choosing the technology, but if a company had to implement a new technology, are there things that the company should do outside of issue lists to prepare them for a technology? Yeah, that's a great question. So as an example, um, I do have some people who want to move property management softwares um, and the capabilities aren't necessarily going to translate over from one software to another. I know that there are a lot of <clears throat> property management softwares that are out there that are now available. Um, but um, the way that you do things in one software is obviously not going to be the way that you do things in another. So having clear idea of your processes is going to be so helpful um, for you to be able to say, I want to move this process from, um, say, one software to another software. And then walking through that before you sign a contract is so essential. And I know that the people that you talk to during those demos aren't necessarily the people who know, but they can bring in additional support so that you know what you're getting into before you translate over, before you actually go through implementation. Moving from one software to another can be so challenging, which is why I think there are so many people who don't change their property management software. Um, But if you don't know what your processes are, it makes things so much more challenging. So make sure that you're documenting your processes and you know what your processes are and how you're doing things before you decide to implement a new software, because I think it's going to help you really reveal problems before you get too far down that path. Sure. Kelly, do you have anything that you would like to add to that? I agree. I think if you're if you're moving softwares from like a property management software to a property management software, you have to clean up your books before you do that. You have to have a clean balance sheet before you can transfer to a new accounting software. If you are thinking about implementing a task management software like Lead Simple or Process Street or Asana or any of those, having your, your process documented on paper first is going to help you prepare for then that process you're going to go through to then digitize that paper version of your, your daily tasks. There's a lot of, depending on the technology that you're implementing, there are steps that you need to take. And it's good to talk to other people who have who've felt those pain points or talk to a consultant and work with them uh, because the technologies that are pitching those to you, like Rihanna has mentioned already, are not going to necessarily know what those pain points are, or that's not really the focus of what their job is to present that information to you. So ask the questions of what do I need to do prepare? Who can I talk to? Who are some other people that have implemented recently that I can speak to and get their take. Let me talk to somebody that it went really well in their implementation. Let me talk to somebody that it went really poorly so that I can make sure that I'm coming into this with all of the knowledge possible so that I can have the best experience possible and the best outcome possible. 
Yeah, that's great. I know that for me, whenever I'm thinking about implementing technology, um, it's, it's all of those things. It's, it's talking to my peers. It's coming up with you know, issues lists and things like that. But I'm always also trying to uh, have, have concerns about how it's being perceived by my employees. I, I know that for me, uh, so many times I've gotten the question, oh, you're, build, you're bringing this technology, you're going to replace me. Right. There's a real fear, I think, of people that technology is going to replace them when in reality it just helps them be their highest and best use. Right. Like they don't need to write the same email 17 times, but that's what they're what they're defining their value based on is those number of emails that they send off over and over. And so for me, like the culture side of it's also very important because if you're doing uh, a t changing technology to make things easier, bringing you to the 21st century, there's a lot of fear, fear throughout. So uh, continuing on that, do you guys, would you guys say that there's phases to the implementation of a tech stack um, or is it just a situation where you set it and forget it? It's never uh, set it Kelly and forget it. Let Kelly go with that one. <laughs> it's never set it and forget it. Um, that would be cool, but that's not reality. And I'd rather talk reality than, you know, fantasy land. Yes, there's absolutely phases. You have your pre-implementation where you are prepping your team and you're talking about it and you're giving those why statements that everyone's on board before you ever launch. Um, any of those pulling together your processes, all of those types of things need to happen in your pre-implementation. You then have to pick a designated person who's going to be owner of that technology that then as you implement, they're going to be the expert and they need to have time during that pre-phase to become an expert, to get the training, to know the tool so that when questions happen in your office, they have your, your team members have a point of contact in office. Who's going to be able to either give them the answer or find them the answer. Um, and then the implementation itself, but then there's always going to be the bugs that you're working out for uh, a period of time, and then the ongoing just upkeep. This business is always changing. There are always new technologies. There are always new processes. There are always new laws. There are always new team members that are rolling into our businesses. And so we have to be able to know that our processes and our technologies are always going to be fluid. And we need to be able to have that mindset that we need to continuously be having that in our process of, you know, how can I make this a little bit better? How many, how can I make my process a little bit better? How can I make that experience for my residents and my owners a little bit better through the things that we're offering? Great. Vanna, would you like to share anything? Yeah, just to add to that, because that's exactly um, the same thing that <clears throat> comes to mind for me as well. Um, <clears throat> so just to add to that, um, you know, I think that, you know, your tech stack should be thought of almost like an employee of your company. Um, you need to be constantly monitoring their performance. And I think that sometimes we tend to um, expect that things will just keep working and not really do the work that we need to, to monitor performance. Um, and what does that look like for your employees? How do you monitor their, their performance? Do you do it on an annual basis? Do you actually talk to them every month? Um, do you talk to them every quarter? What do you need to do in order to ensure that things keep working and working really well? Um, so if you were having like an annual review for your employee, you would do the same thing for your tech. Is your tech still up to speed? Are they still meeting your needs? Um, as you grow and as you change and as you morph and as you add new employees or remove employees, does that technology still work for you? Um, and really being able to evaluate whether or not that technology is working is really important. I've seen a number of times where people buy into the tech and then don't use it. Um, so really having points in time where you check to see if you're really utilizing that software that you paid a lot of money for and not just spending money on it every month. Um, and that can happen some, sometimes too. So just making sure that you are uh, creating some opportunities to evaluate your the performance of your technology to make sure that it's keeping up with the demands and the changes of your organization is so key. Yeah. And that's why I think NARPM and just being part of masterminds is so important because you know, so many people uh, don't realize the new things that are coming out that could change in revolutionary ways, like Lead Simple, right, is doing for process software. Uh, so Karen has a fantastic question. So I'm going to ask this for you guys, our esteemed panelists. How do you make that experience for the old timers, the owners who have been with you several years, 
and know introducing them to new technology. How do you make that a good experience? Yeah, that is that's a hard question. (laughs) Go ahead, Rihanna. (laughs) So, um, you know, it's always challenging um, to adapt to new things um, for everybody um, and not just people um, who are older. Um, But what I have found is um, it's not from lack of desire to want to use technology. It's really from comfort of doing the thing that they are used to doing the way that they're used to doing it. And so when someone's comfortable doing things the way that they're used to doing it, then that just probably means they need more training than everybody else. Some people are more adaptable than others. And so the people who are not adapting to technology or need a little bit more support probably need some ongoing training and um, support during the transition and also after. Um, They're not going to always be as quick to adjust to new updates and ways of doing things. And again, it's not because they don't want to, it's because they just need more support and a little bit more handholding. So I would say, make sure that you provide um, different levels of training and support for anyone when you're implementing new technology or new ways of doing things, new processes into your organization. Great. Thank yeah. you. Kelly, would, would you like to share? Yeah, I would just add to that. Um, a great example of that when I was doing property management in the San Francisco Bay Area, we went from literally triplicate and all paper to Yardy Voyager 7S. And so that transition for our owners and for our tenants was a very big deal and it caused a lot of anxiety. And so what I've seen a lot of people do, especially in this world where even more tech is going after being able to create communication pieces between owners and tenants and the property manager, I think giving your owners and tenants a little bit of grace is really important and understanding that what they're trying to follow along with you and come on this journey with you is a hard thing. Sometimes it's not as simple as sending an email anymore that says, Hey, we've made a change. You do have to provide coaching. You do have to provide a little bit more information. That's where those loom videos come into play of giving them example, having step-by-step instruction guides as well. And approaching it from a way that you are teaching on multiple different levels because different people learn different ways. And so I like to have a training video that is under three minutes long and a supporting text document that has pictures and boxes and arrows and step-by-step instructions. And if they still are having trouble, have them come into your office and spend the five minutes to show them how to access their portal or how to make a payment or whatever they need to do. I think our tech partners are doing great of making it as easy as possible. We just now need to be careful in how we present that to our clients. Yeah, it was interesting uh, recollection recently. Um, You know, I'm I'm starting to get a little older. I might not look like it yet, but um, TikTok's, you know, bomb, bomb, loom, um, you know, all these new technologies and, and I'm getting to a point where I don't want to learn them like SEO and, you know, and the world is changing. Right. And so, and to some level, um, you know, it, it used to be like, I don't understand these older people and why they just can't get with it. But now that I'm becoming a little bit older, I get it. Like, I, I don't want to learn about Snapchat and I don't, I, ju- I just want to get it my way. So like, that's, that's a very real thing that's going on. Um, and we want to be sensitive to it. So I love your guys' statements because, to some level, what I what I explain to my um, co- my coworkers is to pair it back how you, they communicate with you. So if they send you emails, email back. If they send you a phone call, call back. If they send you a text message, text back. But you know, if you if they call and you text an email, they're not going to be as happy because they've already told you what they want. They want a phone call, right? So to some level, you know, try to provide it to them. Still a great level of service but try to try to respond to them in the way that they're responding to you. And I think you'll have a lot of success. So to um, add to that real quick, I had a property manager once that they did a color test for every single one of their new owners and every single one of their new tenants. And then that went into their property management file of this person's a red personality. This person's a yellow personality so that they knew how best to communicate. And then asking those simple questions of onboarding of how best would you like to be communicated with? oftentimes gives you that opportunity to make sure that you're meeting them where they're at. 
All right, let's go. Let's go to the other spectrum. So we went to the, the people that don't want to change. What about the people that want to change like crazy? So Jim has a chat about artificial intelligence. What and how do you see actual imp implementation of AI within our real world daily activities today? What, what do you think is going to be disruptive that's going to even revolutionize the technologies even more? So, um, <laughs> um, I, well, I'll, I'll tell you how I'm using it now. Um, so I, again, talking about the um, lead simple transition, um, going through all the communications that we're sending out to clients and owners, you can run that through chat GPT and see what comes out and really evaluate whether or not the communication is better than the communication that you were going to send and or just pick and choose which pieces of those communications you want to be able to use. But I think it cleans up language a little bit and it does help. Um, and so that's an easy, I think, way of integrating artificial intelligence into the way that we're already doing things. Um, in a way that, again, just kind of streamlines things. Now, obviously, this is a project. You're moving into a new software application. Um, and so you're going to do this one time um, during the implementation phase of things. But you may not necessarily use chat GPT every time you want to send an email communication to a client or a resident. But this is uh, the way that I'm using the tech right now. And I found it pretty helpful. I think there's a lot that is happening right now. I know chat GPT is kind of the, the big thing that most people are talking about. Uh, you've even got companies like process street that is infusing a component of chat GPT that you can put a prompt into chat GPT and it will actually create your process for you, all of the steps within your process. So we're seeing it further than the, uh, write this email for me or create my social media post blurb, or those types of things are kind of the low hanging fruit of what people are starting with. But as this gets more and more intelligent, and as they clean out more of the kinks, I mean, anyone who's spent 10 minutes working in chat GPT, you, you tweak your prompt a little bit, and what comes out is a little bit better. And then you tweak it again, what comes out is a little bit better. The more that we learn how to work with the AI, and more that the more that the AI gets distinguished and, and ready for mass consumption, a lot of those customer service communications won't be a live person anymore. I think a lot of that is going to be taken care of. Those chatbots aren't really that great yet, but they will be. I think we're going to see a lot of marketing. You're even seeing coding. So integrations between platforms can be easier. There's just so much possibility when you're looking at the AI world. And I think it's going to really change the industry in a lot of ways um, over the next couple of years. Yeah, so um, I ag agreed with all of that. And so I know how I'm using it as well already. Like, so um, one of the things that I do is, you know, with, with, with post, we can basically uh, get a prompt, um, you know, answer the, answer the audience, I think, or whatever. You can look up uh, different questions that is, is being asked about property management, and then you can ask chat GPT to answer that question. And then you can put in a teleprompter app and you can make videos and you can do all sorts of things very efficiently. I think the point of all these technologies is to always remember how we can have our people do their highest and best use, right? So emails used to be one of the highest and best use, writing it a single time and writing a great templated email that you can, you can run forever and spending hours on it to make sure you get it just right. Like now we can possibly use ChatGPT to augment it. And now instead of actually writing it from scratch, we're editing it instead of, you know, having to spend a lot more time and effort on it. So that's one way. I think ChatGPT, at least right now, is going to really distort or, or get rid of copywriting in a significant way. Um, I think blogs are going to be a dime a dozen, but, you know, do it right now because it's a low hanging fruit and you can really utilize the technology. I think a lot of the really creatives with respect to branding, hey, I got my brand behind me, I can write that a couple times. I want an ironclad property management. I want you to make it in the style of Jackson Pollock, right? So, you know, you can do all sorts of things like that that can really be creative about, you know, things that you can do. And, and now you don't need to pay someone for it. Um, but, but Kelly's right too. I mean, even things with process. I know that the API integration, there's some people in our industry that are doing things like, you know, put, doing property marketing descriptions and, you know, putting in some things creatively there. Um, we're thinking about doing things about like, you know, here's some prompts from an, uh, an upset owner. And now we can basically respond to them with, with an email we can review. 
So it does it. So it makes the the necessity of a really high skilled, educated employee. You don't need them as much. They can focus on doing other tasks that are more value added. So um, those are some things that I see with the AI, and, and I think there's a lot more that's going to come. I think it's it is one of the disruptive technologies that are coming in the next 20 years, if not sooner in this case. So can I just can I add one more thing to that? Yeah, please, um, Rihanna. So you know, one of the things that I feel like we learned from um, COVID and being in the pandemic is that there were some of our peers who were ready in advance because they were already virtual. They already, you know, worked remotely. They didn't have an office. And so there were a number of people, a good chunk of us that had to adapt to a new way of doing things. Um, and then there were some of us that were already great. I mean, nothing really changed for them. Um, and in thinking about AI and, and the fact that it's coming and we know that it's coming, um, you know, I know it always feels challenging to be an early adopter, but these are the times where everybody's playing with it and no one knows how to use it. And it's also the easiest time to start to adopt it a little at a time without it feeling overwhelming. So, you know, obviously, you know, we don't know how this tech is going to evolve, but just really being able to play with it a little bit will help ease the transition into a future that we already know is coming. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that wholeheartedly. So, um, you know, it's coming, you know, you're either adapting to the times or you're not right. Um, I and I love, I love the, that. And I love I the just, term that you said there, Rihanna, you said a culture of adapting. Right. And I think that really summarizes uh, for me, at least the, the, a successful uh, tech stack implementation is, do you have a culture of adapting? Or do you not, right? And so we'll talk about that. Uh, Curtis had a question about um, our opinions on uh, copyright laws, and unfortunately, Curtis, that's way above my pay grade. Like that's going to be adjudicated probably at the Supreme Court level, um, and so I really won't be able to to do that in an educated way. I just know that you know tools are tools, and how we respond to those tools um, in our tech stacks will really separate who's going to be successful in the next generation versus who's going to be left behind. So um, with respect to that culture of adapting, so based on your experiences, and, and maybe this is loaded, can you guys predict when you think an implementation of a technology stack is likely to succeed and or fail? Um, and what are the characteristics of ones that maybe you think would succeed? And maybe what are the characteristics of an organization that you think would actually fail? Uh, we'll start with Kelly on this one. Um, I think that the biggest indicators that I've typically seen, I've, I've seen hundreds of businesses launch technology across the nation and helped them implement technology across the nation. And the ones that tend to fail are the ones that are not prepared. And what I mean by not prepared is they don't have their teams buy-in. They don't even know what they, they really want the technology for. They just feel like they want it and they want it right now. Um, they're not willing to dedicate a resource of a person that's going to own it to implement it in their office. Without that owner, without that ownership, tech stacks fail. New technology being implemented into the office. Um, and so it's it's a lack of preparedness. It's a lack of dedication. And it's a lack of being willing to put in the work and the time. If you're too busy and you are running like a crazy person and you're not able to get even your daily tasks done, it's not time to implement technology, hire a person to help take off that load, give you the breathing room so that then you can focus and have somebody dedicated to focusing on bringing in that new technology that's gonna make your life so much easier. Uh, those that succeed are the ones that really are prepared, are willing to do the work and choose that key person that's mm -hmm. gonna be the owner of that process in their, in their office. It's really about your mentality and what you're bringing to it and less about the technology that you're implementing. It's easy to blame it on the technology. It's not the technology's fault. Yeah, and I think that more often than not, that's the case, right? So something doesn't happen well and, oh, the technology just didn't work well enough, right? Because really it's a reflection of our own internal insecurities and our internal failings, right? And a lot of us don't want to admit the fact that we were the reason why something failed, right? That's human nature 101. Rihanna, what would you like to share about uh, ways that you can predict if an implementation will be successful or possibly a, a failure. 
Yeah, um, just to add to Kelly's point about buy-in, I think that some of the challenges that I've seen where things don't go well is because there's a very top-down approach to um, bringing on technology. I think that there needs to be a um, conversation that happens from everybody on the team that really is able to um, contribute to that conversation on whether or not we should actually bring that technology in-house. I think that there is, that there are challenges that people have on the team and they have their own approach or have their own ideas on what can be um, helpful for them and have everyone have an opportunity to really test out the technology and see if it's going to work for them individually. Um, I think that there is uh, definitely, again, kind of going back to culture, it's a cultural approach to things. It's a cultural approach to solving problems. It's let's get everybody involved and let's figure things out. And I know that's a a lot slower and it's easier for me to, as a leader, just say, this is what we're doing and we're going to pull the trigger on April 1st and we're going to start this on Q2, but that's not going to get the buy-in and the end result is usually not going to be great. So it's better to um, kind of move slowly and get the buy-in at the front end from everyone who's going to be involved in using that software um, and have everybody have an opportunity to give their feedback on what they think is going to make their jobs easier. Um, and you can create some timelines for that so that it doesn't drag out too long, but everybody needs to be involved in the thought process on whether or not that's going to help them to solve their problems. And if you don't get that on the front end, it is really hard to drag people along on the back end once you start the implementation process. Yeah, that reminds me of my time as an engineer. We had so many things that got implemented and they're like, yeah, you're going to do this. And and it never worked well. It bogged down our computers and we're just, we, we it was, it was almost like a meme. It's like, oh, another implementation, right? Another implementation. So I, I think that's so true. Get one done well, um, get some champions to do it and, and you will have more success. So um I think I want to bring Jonathan up. He's got a good question about overlapping techs, and I'm not sure I can answer this one well. So, um, uh, Laura Mack, can you bring Jonathan up since we we love talking to, to Jonathan anyway? So I'm going to let you ask our esteemed uh, guests uh, this question, Jonathan. Thank you, Sam. I appreciate it. Hey, Kelly. Hey, Rihanna. <laughs> hey, Jonathan. <clears throat> Long time no see, Kelly. Um, <laughs> we, we were talking like an hour ago. But um, so have, have either of you guys ever run into like overlapping tech um, and, and seen how you used both? Um, years ago when I was at AHI, I know there was at one point we were using both Z Inspector and RentCheck. We were using, they, they both have similar implementation models. They both work very similarly. They both operate in a lot of the same capacity. Um, but we used both for different purposes because we were in a mindset at one point of just collect all of the tech that we can, figure out which ones we like, and then discard the ones we don't. Is like, and that was at a point that we were growing at a rate that was crazy. Um, and so that sort of thing was... Yeah, I don't think it was the most effective way to do that, but I'm honestly not sure of a way to do that better. I know it would be impossible to do with uh, property management software, although weirdly at the same time, we were both using two separate property management softwares as well, whole separate shebang. But but what is what is a good way other than just doing demos? Because we all know a demo is never enough. It's not. It doesn't matter which software it is. I've never been in a demo where I was like, boom, this has sold me completely. You have to get in it and use it. But how do you figure out which one is the best without spending years operating in a subpart tech suite? So I, I've done a lot of this when I worked at PMI, when I worked at real property management, you know, part of my job was to take technology platforms and vet them and then decide what one was going to be best to implement across the brand. And so one of my favorite ways to really get an idea of how that tool functions is ask for a sandbox. Ask for a sandbox to where you can actually play with it, manipulate it, break it, find where those weaknesses are in that software before you commit to it. Because it is really hard to just take a salesperson's word for it. They're going to tell you all the great stuff. They're going to tell you all the things that are in their pipeline and all these wishes and hopes and dreams. And that's their job. Good on them for doing it. They do a phenomenal job at that. 
But the reality is I need to know how it's going to work for me in my business day to day today, not how is it going to work for me in three months when you hopefully launch that new piece of the product. And so using a sandbox and really digging in, but then also asking for those actual referrals and actually contacting, not just your best experience, but I want to talk to one or two people that had a poor experience or that recently left you, because I want to know what is the the nitty gritty that people aren't talking about. And maybe it is a miscommunication, but at least I know that I've done as much due diligence as possible. I don't like overlapping software because what you then typically end up doing is using pieces of this one and pieces of that one and not really going deep enough into either to know whether or not either one of them can suit all of your needs without the other. And so sandboxing seems to be the, the best way I've been able to really dive deep enough to understand that platform. That is a really good way to look at that. I've, I've never, I've never asked for a sandboxing experience. I, I just, I mean, this is the first time I've heard about right? sandboxing. Like I'm that, like, I'm going to sandbox all the time. I want to sandbox everything. <laughs> we'll do a sandbox together, Jonathan. Yes, let's do it. Room 22 sandbox. Room 22 for life. I'm so upset that I'm not wearing my shirt. It's, it's in my room. The kids wear it to sleep in because it's so comfy. That's a long story. Everyone else that's in here. Y'all got kick yeah, me sorry, guys. So, so a couple other uh, related questions on that. Um, when you're, when you're uh, working with people and, and trying to provide consulting services and you, I assume you start to learn more about the culture and you learn more about, you know, what would really help uh, the company be successful. Do you make recommendations based on your experience with software how do you go about trying to identify what you think would be the right software for your clients? And let's start with Rihanna since Kelly just answered the other one for Jonathan. Yeah. So, I mean, just a number of different things. First of all, you know, how adaptable is the team to ideas of adding in new software tools? Are they using something currently that's not working for them and you can recommend something that would work better for them? Um, I think that there's just so many different scenarios of which um, to offer, you know, different recommendations. But uh, if I see an obvious problem, especially a common problem between a number of the different staff members, and I can recommend something that I think can solve that problem, then what I'll usually do is say, you know, I think you should check this software out. I think this can solve a number of different people's problems. Um, having used so many different softwares and so many different places, like I've seen how they function when they are doing really well, when people are use, utilizing them um, and uh, and really maxing them out. So I can see how well they could work. Um, it just really takes some time to get there. And so I do kind of prepare them for, you know, it's not going to be great at the beginning, but I think overall long-term that it'll be a great fix for some of their problems. Um, so usually I just have to gauge um, the different employees and the different issues that they have and then make recommendations from there. Kelly, what about you? Yeah, I start with a, a, a discovery call with the team and go through and really understand what the tech stack is that they're using currently. If they're using a tech stack at all, I've had a number of clients that this is all new to them. Um, and then really understanding the ins and outs of how they work on a day-to-day basis. What does their communication look like? What does their interaction look like with their clients? What does their process look like? Do they have a documented process? There's a lot of different questions that we kind of go through to discover where they're at. And then we develop that issues list. And the whole team has an input into that issues list to be able to say, hey, these are the things that are really concerning us. And then you look for commonalities and really figure out what's going to be the best piece to implement first. And so I think it's it's part of a larger strategy. Typically, it goes into a full business strategy and an implementation plan to where you have an action plan that will phase in which technologies you're going to add and the timing of those, thinking about seasonality of your business also. You don't want to be starting up your new technology in the middle of the summer. Sorry, guys, I know it would be super helpful, but it's also going to be super cumbersome to try to implement that the middle of the year. And so we're taking into consideration your team's bandwidth in addition to your team's needs and then creating a long-term strategy to put that action plan into place to really help it make sure that you're not just implementing these things, but your team is seeing wins along the way 
which further creates that commitment and that buy-in as you go through that implementation process. You have to celebrate those little wins. Great. A uh, follow-on question on that, Kelly. Um, so I think you said, or maybe it was Rihanna said about, you know, so many people, they're just, they're, they ask for help because of the fact that they're so in the weeds and every little thing and, and they can't, they can't even spend time working on the business. So they say, Oh, a tech stack will save me. Right. So how do you, so is the first stage in that process? Like, what does that look like? How do you advise them to get to the point where they can even start thinking about implementing a tech stack? Yeah, they have to either decide that they can create the bandwidth for themselves. So sometimes that's longer hours, that's evening hours, that's your weekends, that's taking away your holidays, or sometimes it's better to either hire an RTM or an in-person employee before you start looking at a tech stack, depending on what your workload is. If you're running a property management business and you've got 150 doors and you're doing everything yourself today, it is probably a better strategy to hire first and then step into a tech stack implementation. Or maybe it's a baby step of a tech stack implementation and it's it's self-showing software. It's a piece that really isn't that hard to get started, but will take some of that bandwidth off of you. So then you're also looking at, you know, if I am a single operator or I'm one or two people, I can then decide whether or not I have the bandwidth or whether there are ways that implementing that tech, is the tech going to also equal the time? So implementing self-showing, if 50% of my time is because I'm running around showing properties all day, then yes, that's going to make sense to implement that technology. But is implementing a process component going to be the best bang for your buck when you're a single operator? Probably not. So it's a matter of the right timing for your business also. I love that. Rihanna, anything else you want to share on that specifically? Um, I completely agree. I think, you know, as leaders, we have to make time for the things that are important. And I think sometimes because we're firefighting, we're running around with our heads cut off most of the time, and it can be really challenging to figure out how to prioritize things. Um, but if we want to move our business in the right direction, we have to make time for it. And really being able to figure out how we can carve out that time is so important. Um, so whether you do you know, an hour a day to just even think about how you're going to move things in the right direction, um, I, whatever it takes for you to actually carve out some time is so necessary. Um, in the same day, in the same way that we want to take care of ourselves, right? It's so easy to put other things and other people ahead of us, but we really need to make the time to um, really think about what we need to do in order to be better and move things in the right direction. Otherwise, we're always going to be running around in chaos. We just need to take the time to do it. Yeah, I mean, that's go ahead, sorry, Kelly. I would just say that's that's one of the biggest things is you have to stop and make time to work on your business instead of working in your business day in, day out. The time's never going to come. You have to carve out the time. You have to be dedicated to it. And you have to be disciplined in putting that on your calendar and making it sacred. That's your time to work on your business. Sure. So I, I love that the whole culture of adapting, but sometimes we just, you know, it's not just about firefighting and adapting and rolling with the punches, but carving out that time. Uh, so one other quick question, I know we're, we're getting to the end of this. Um, there's a couple of different pervasive philosophies, at least with PMs, which is to go best in class and or low hanging fruit. I know one of the things that I like to do, especially with the vendors that I use is find out which vendors have a culture of exceptional customer service. As property managers, we get punched in the face every single day by tenants, by owners, by vendors that let us down. And so we want to make sure that we have vendors that are going to be able to build us up and be responsive and successful. So um, with that said, and, and, and that caveat, you know, also with best in class, do you guys do that? Do you, do you recommend best in class? Do you recommend trying to do, um, you know, a softwares also that maybe aren't quite as good, but make it so that you don't have more tech stacks, because I know I have six or seven and a lot of people only want to have three. So how do you recommend, how do you recommend those things? Let's start with Rihanna on that one. 
Yeah, I love industry specific software. Um, people who know the single family rental industry, people who are dedicated to our industry because they're their fingers on the pulse of what the needs are for this industry. Um, so I love when they come out with new software options, updates, um, kind of talking again about like lead simple versus process street. Process street is um, <clears throat> you know, not dedicated specifically to single family rentals. And so the updates that they have are going to be to a broader audience and not necessarily for our industry. So I love when there are very industry specific software options that are available to us um, that we can start to use in our businesses every day. Cause that's really, I think, going to make a huge difference in the, as, as technology advances, that's really going to help us to keep up with the times. I try to make sure that I'm staying up to date on all of the technologies that are available that can work. And so whether that is diving deep into lead simple or process street, because you have to remember that property managers oftentimes are property managers, not because as a teenager, they decided they wanted to be a property manager. And so they went into the field and they've been doing this the whole time. No, a lot of times property managers come from different lives and they come from different experiences, whether they're an engineering background or they owned a tire shop or, you know, whatever their life may have brought them to this point, different technologies are going to be a better fit for different people. And so, yes, you have to have technologies that are going to play well with the other technologies because nobody wants to have 15 different technologies they have to learn. No one does. That's not sustainable. So you do have to be able to make sure that you have the proper AI integrations, um, APIs, all of those types of things so that things can communicate with one another. But what I've found is that personality a lot of times will dictate what is best for that company and for that business. And so making sure that I stay up to date on a vast variety and not just those that show up to the conferences, I'll, I'll look at technologies I'll regularly just Google search, what are the top technologies for this? And then learn those technologies so that I know how they compete. It also helps us be a better partner to our vendors to be able to say, hey, I saw this feature in this other platform that I thought was really cool. Would you guys consider integrating that into your product? And so we're helping our industry partners get better too. And I think as an industry and a whole, my whole purpose in life right now is to elevate the standards of property management. And if I can help both my clients and my vendor partners and, you know, everyone who supports this industry elevate what we're offering, that's a better experience for the owners and the residents. And that's really what it's all about. We are a service industry. This is an, an industry about people. And so whatever, whatever's going to fit the flavor of that person and their business and is going to work the best for them. That's typically what I'll recommend, but I have a whole card stack of things that I can recommend for people. That's awesome. All right. Well, we're, we're coming up to the end of our time. So last thing I want to ask you, Kelly and Rihanna, uh, any things that you want to add and or words of encouragement to the PMs that are thinking about doing tech stack uh, improvements, enhancements, Rihanna. Be patient. Um, I know that this is a huge undertaking um, and can be very stressful and very challenging. Um, you know, I think that sometimes we want to see instant results too, and that's not always the case. It just takes time. So, you know, go into this with a mindset of patience so that you know um, that it's going to take some time for you to really see how um, things will evolve as you adapt to the technology that you're going to implement. So um, that would be my one, one piece of advice. Thanks, Rihanna. And you, Kelly? Uh, I think patience is a, is a great a, a great trait to come into this with. I would also say, don't be afraid. I, I think a lot of times technology is daunting and it is overwhelming and take a step back from it and look at it from, you know, a bird's eye view instead of a street view so that you can see the whole picture of where you want to go, but you can break it into smaller chunks that makes it more manageable. The more manageable you make implementing a technology, the less stressful it feels and give yourself time and grace. It's, it's going to take time, whatever amount of time you think it's going to take double it because it's going to take time for you to really integrate these different wonderful technologies into your business. 
I love that so much. Thank you guys so much. Laura Mack, do you want to exit us? Awesome. Uh, drop some love for the panel in the chat, everybody. Um, just say thank you. Say what you learned. Give a nice applause. Um, so appreciate everyone's time. So appreciate the insights. Happy Wednesday. Happy Triple Wednesday. That's all for today's Triple Win Property Management Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for sharing a piece of your life with us. We do not take it for granted. I also want to give a shout out to Carol Housel for everything she and our team does to make these possible. It's crazy to think about over 5,000 professional property managers have pressed play on episodes in season one and season two now. And we really want to encourage you to keep giving feedback because more and more people are listening. It's getting better and better and better thanks to everything that you're sharing with us. If you like this enough to listen, I want to encourage you to share it with other people. Um, you can give us feedback directly on those social media channels, Facebook, LinkedIn, wherever you're hanging out. You can also send us an email at triplewin at secondnature.com. And we just want to give more. We're, we're, there's no sales pitch here. Just want to offer more resources that help you find and stack your next triple win and become a triple win driven property manager. So where can you find that? You can find the private Facebook group. You can find our blog. You can find our newsletter. You can find more resources all at rbp.secondnature.com. Just search for what you're looking for there. And every time we see you, we want to see a better version of you and your business to that end. Keep it going. Feel inspired. Take our encouragement. And we'll see you next time.